Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Agnes London podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, and this week I'm chatting to Rachel, the founder of Sustainable Lifestyle Awards. We're chatting all about advice for small brands, running an awards, and Rachel's experience as a founder. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my podcast. Oh, pleasure. It's really lovely to speak to you. So you are the founder of Sustainable Lifestyle Awards. Yes. So would you like to start off by telling us a little bit more about what that is and where the idea came from and why you started? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so we're, we're called the Sustainable Lifestyle Awards. And it, it came about because I've worked in the fashion industry now for about 15 years. And I've witnessed on um, different levels kind of the positive shift in brand pr- transparency and consumer spending. And having founded the awards at the end of 2018, it was on the belief that brands should be recognised mm. and awarded for their stylish and sustainable offerings. And also that as consumers, we are given easy access to find these brands because I don't know about you, it was always very difficult when I wanted to buy something that was sustainably made. The research that I needed to do into the greenwashing of a potential brand or something that was a particular skincare that I was looking for, particular ingredients, it was it was really tricky. So um, we built the SLAs as a platform where we believe it, it is right to honour the work of the brands and also right to answer the demands of the consumer so that we are all working towards a more sustainable future where style and sustainability can coexist. I think there's definitely a bit of a theme with speaking to you and speaking to some of the other brands that I've spoken to. It's like 2018 seems to have been that shifting point when most Mm. brands started. And yeah, I completely agree. Before then, you know, it would have been so much harder to find products that tick all your boxes, whether that's plastic free, whether that's vegan, whether that's free from certain ingredients. And I think over the last, you know, last two years, we've seen a real growth in those brands um and yeah I mean you must have I'm sure you must have seen that as well working on the awards yeah and absolutely I I, well the big shift came for me when I watched the true cost documentary Mm. and that was kind of five years ago five years ago or so and like you say it's been this the steady the steady increase and it's taken over the whole lifestyle um sector you know obviously we've we've had the organic food and it's it's moved into skincare and it's moved into fashion and now it's down to kind of the podcasts and the books that we read we read and listen to so it, it it is a it's a lifestyle shift and it's not a passing trend this is something that is is vital you know it is vital for our own happiness and our own health now but also as a mother of young children it is vital for for their future and their children's future so it's a necessity and it's something that we all have to embrace and it doesn't have to be negative and it doesn't have to be depressing yes the stats are you know quite mm. horrifying but it's really important that we all want to be happy and we all want to be healthy and surely that is not a bad thing yeah yeah that's so true and you're completely right you know it started with the food and we all got so concerned about what we were eating and what was Mm. in our food and where our food came from as well and not many of us were looking at what's in our skincare um what's in our clothing you know for me it was watching a plastic ocean that really that really hit home that one yeah Absolutely. With so many of these, I need, to, I need to go back and revisit them because you take it all in and it's kind of like, whoa. And then actually kind of now working in the industry more, it's always interesting to go back and kind of see what is changing actually and what shifts are happening because things can happen so quickly um, that, yeah, it's nice to kind of almost compare what's, what's 
what's going on then to what is happening or in the process of happening now. Mm, yeah, and a lot of the new brands have got some really cool innovations and oh. ways around plastic packaging, for example. Completely. It's, it's, a, it's a really exciting time, it, it genuinely. There is no limit to what we can do. Obviously, money pays a, pays a big part <laughs> in what brands, brands can afford to do. But I think as consumers, even on a, a smaller scale, if we're demanding better, then you know, brands have to, have to meet those demands. Mm, definitely. So can you tell us a little bit more about the process of the awards and a bit more of the behind the scenes? Yeah, sure. So like I said, we had our inaugural awards last year, 2019. And, and actually, due to the current situation, as a brand, we support a lot of small to medium brands. Mm. And like everyone, actually, you know, they've, they've really suffered, whether that's through their production or whether through that's their, their team and not being able to work with them. So we've We've come to the decision that we are delaying the 2020 awards and we're going to relaunch them in 2021. And we're going to come back with a bang and we're going to kind of be streamers flaring and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's going to be an exciting time in 2021 because we really, yeah, we really want to support this time for brands to, to get themselves back on, back on their feet. And what we do on our socials is kind of leading up to what we can do next year. So every, every day we do a sustainable brand of the day shout out. And that's just champion positive change makers, be it actual brands or that's people or that's services within the lifestyle space that are encouraging a sustainable livelihood basically mm. so so although the awards are postponed just for the time being and um, we're obviously still really busy and you know we're still talking to judges and I suppose kind of challenges when it comes to setting up an awards program it is when you're you're working with lots of different people and people will find this obviously when they run their own businesses you know it's managing other people's timetables so it was a, it was a learning curve last year in terms of the how these amazing judges on board but understandably they have their own professions and they have their own um, family life and trying to get 26 judges in the room at any one time um to talk about 20 different categories that we had it was <laughs> it was it was a juggling act completely but I, we could not have done it without the support and the expertise and the knowledge and the enthusiasm of all our team players. And the judges in particular were, were so generous in, in what they offered to us and also going forward, how they've been able to support the finalists and some of the winners in terms of opportunities. So it's, it's very much a team, a team effort. And I think kind of going forward for the 2021 awards, we will kind of streamline it a little bit so that obviously everyone can get as much out of it as they can. And that can obviously work within their, their timetables as well. Um, and then maybe just on a personal level, I suppose, you know, I'm founder, I'm CEO. So building any brand up, as you well know, Sophie, you know, it's, it, takes a, it takes a lot of work mm. and it impacts your professional life, it impacts your personal life. So I really found that it's imperative that I surround myself with like-minded, you know, individuals who can support me both professionally and personally. And also it's more to keep hold of that vision, I think. I think we're going to have days when it's pretty tough. But if you remember what you're doing and why you set out to do this, then it keeps the motivation and the passion alive. Yeah, yeah, completely. Wow, I have so many questions from oh, what you sorry. just said. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I no, that's the ability right. to, to talk too much. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's what podcasts are for. Um, so how do you decide on the judges? And I know you work with other brands as well. You had a few sponsors on board last year. So how do you decide about the partnerships you're going to work with in terms of brands and the judges? Brilliant. Yeah, it's a really good question. 
I, I'm self-taught when it comes to sustainability. Mm. I worked in fashion, but I, I haven't I haven't done any like courses or degrees in it. So I have come at the SLAs from two sides. I come at it from an opportunity as a conscious consumer or even just a conscious citizen to want to have more sustainable products within my life and having a, a platform where I can find them. Then I've also flipped the coin over and I'm like, well, surely these brands need to be recognized and supported and promoted. And in order to do that, I need to have this panel of judges that have all this knowledge and experience and expertise behind them. So I've surrounded myself with amazingly intelligent people who have that experience within the sustainability space, both industry and consumer facing. And they have brought the SLA's vision forward and they've supported it. They supported the work of the entrance by giving them feedback and giving them opportunities. And so when I was picking my judge, it, it was really paramount that I get a very diverse range of people um, from different sectors and different interests so that we can support a really wide range of entrants as well. You know, from our first year alone, there were some amazing collaborations formed between some of the judges and the finalists. And I also know that the the finalists themselves have gone on to to work with each other so it's become a wonderful community where you're not only promoting your own work but obviously you're promoting the work of each other's I think it's really nice as well that you work with small to medium brands because there are a lot of awards out there and a lot of certifications but quite often they're too expensive for small Mm -hmm. or medium brands to be able to afford Mm, that that's ex- you absolutely right Sophie. in terms of that was one of our kind of usps in terms of we are open to all ranges of brands but predominantly we are about small to medium and giving them like you said that platform to get to get notice to get them into the consumer space so that they can be found and they can be celebrated mm, definitely so you touched on it a little bit while back the current situation that we got going on this year with coronavirus and the lockdown and i've seen some really clever ways that small and medium brands have pivoted and been able to adapt to make the best of this situation and i know as you work closely with a lot of brands i was wondering what are the like clever ways you've seen brands be able to adapt well, sure. So obviously the, the biggest one is a lot of the fashion brands have obviously gone down the, the face mask route. Mm-hmm. And that has you know, been phenomenal in terms of obviously providing a service and a product that is going to help a wider audience, but also in terms of them using up their, their stock so that none, none of it is going to waste. And also it's, it's the collaboration that they formed as well so a lot of them are coming together and working together on product and also just having conversations with each other as well so they're using what they've learned in the previous years to kind of encourage each other to go forward so although it might not be kind of in our faces about what's happening behind the scenes there's a lot of there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of conversation going on about how together if they if they work together they can support each other kind of once we once we get out of (laughs) this current situation whenever that might be. Mm, yeah I found that a lot a lot of people that I've spoken to you know one of the first things that we're talking about is how's it going for you and obviously Mm. you you throw ideas around and stuff as well definitely yeah definitely and you know in terms of in giveaways as well I mean that's just Mm. on the basic level in terms of on on socials you know giving you know and if you you have a a really engaged audience on your social channels you know bring in a brand that you know needs that support and you know do a shout out for for what they're doing Mm -hmm. and you know that's a great way of just spreading the love as we like to say yeah and supporting each other yeah this week non-essential shops have started to open and i really hope that consumers do 
consider where they are buying from and keep supporting small businesses as normal high street stores reopen? Uh, definitely. Um, I know we, we, we've had chats about this, haven't we? And mm. I read a lot around kind of, you know, things that have happened in the past, kind of these months, even years of, you know, very desperate times and out of depression or, you know, very sad moments come amazing opportunity. So the whole pay up movement, for example, has really highlighted, although there has been countless work on it before about how these high street fast fashion brands are completely abusing their, their, their garment workers and their chain supply. It's with this pay up movement that it's really come to the forefront and particularly for people that aren't necessarily kind of involved within the sustainability space. They now understand how important it is that brands look after it every single one of their players, because they are team players, you know, they couldn't do one bit without the other. So for the high street to suddenly open its doors and say, hey, welcome back in. I do think there's going to be a shift in in mentality and, you know, and how willing people are going to be to part with their money when that brand hasn't parted with their money to support their own, their own business, their own team players. Mm, I think, yeah, I think the last few weeks will have hopefully shown highlighted to most people and you know just kind of reiterated the point to others that you can choose where you spend your money and you can choose the brands that you support and you can look at how those brands treat their employees not even like spending money with them you know if you're going to get a job at a company you can look at how they treated their employees during this situation and make a decision based off of that Completely, completely. And also, you know, we can't forget this incredible movement, you know, Black Lives Matter and how devastating about not not just about George Floyd, but obviously the countless victims before him um, and how important it is actually that, you know, this needs to be a major conversation that we have on a daily basis. You know, mm-hmm. we need to be diverse. We need to be inclusive. And you know, just talking about the SLAs, we have never even considered not looking at a brand um, and basing it on someone's colour or sex or religion. You know, it's it's about, you know, what they're doing from a sustainability and style perspective. However, that doesn't make, that doesn't let us off the hook. You know, we can all do things that are doing something positive. And just kind of going back to what we're saying, you know, out of this sad and desperate times for, for many people, there are these movements happening where so much good can now happen for socially for the people Mm. and also environmentally as well for you know for our planet and the health of that yeah it's been yeah you're right it's been so interesting seeing different brands responses over the past few weeks and i think um especially going back to the coronavirus situation as well it's no longer good enough to just print a slogan t-shirt and then say (laughs) that you're going to give like 10 percent to charity or something like that you know that you have to go deeper than that just surface level support yeah, completely. And that, I think that's that's consumers, you know, because mm. they're, they're demanding that, aren't they? So, you know, the opening of the high street, brilliant, you know, the economy needs it, but we don't we don't need all we don't need what we had before. You know, we need to slow down the amount of clothes we're producing and we need to improve the, the quality of the clothes that are being produced. Yeah, that's such an important point. But unfortunately, I think most consumers, we are quite used to the quality of high street garments. We don't really look too closely at the quality when we're buying them. And I know you said you worked in the fashion industry and my background is working in fashion and making garments. And quite often I find I'm going into a store and looking at something and I'm like, I would have unpicked this and redone it. But, you know, this has (laughs) been deemed acceptable to sell to the general public. Yeah. 
it's the norm that we become used to, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. And I suppose it's a re-education and it, it comes from all sides. I don't think you can you can point the finger because, yes, brands are asking for these clothes to be made and then putting them in front of our faces. But I think there is so much information out there now. And what we're trying to do as well on the platform is that we're trying to make sustainability as inclusive as possible. And what I mean by that as well is in terms of what people can afford to spend on their mm. on their products. And if you have to shop in the high street, that's that's absolutely fine, you know, but make sure that when you buy your clothes from whatever high street brand it is, is that you look at it with that slow fashion mindset in terms of you buy the T-shirt and you can wear it countless times and you're going to wash it sensibly and you're going to look after it. And then when it comes to that end of its life, you know, its lifespan within your wardrobe, you know, how can you then use it to make something else? I was watching only the other day kind of how you can use T-shirts to make um, necklaces or, you know, you can make a a quilt out of different fabrics. You know, there's all these things that you can do creatively wise with the stuff that you no longer need. So I don't feel that we need to turn around and say you need to spend more money necessarily on your clothes. You just need to be very clever with how you're spending your money. Mm, Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a lot of conversations around sustainability not being accessible because it's expensive and sustainable fashion, especially because, you know, some of the bigger names in the kind of sustainable fashion space are quite pricey, expensive brands. Um, But let's not forget the most sustainable thing you can do is shop in your own wardrobe, swap with friends or go to charity shops, which realistically, they're all quite cheap options. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shopping your wardrobe. Yeah, there's, there's lots of that happening on Instagram, which is great. You know, the people are, are so inspiring. I look at my wardrobe and I was like, I can do that. <laughs> I definitely need to follow their tips because it's amazing. And it, it's obviously clothes, but it's also accessories as well. I, I have so many necklaces that I wear one at a time or maybe two. But actually, you know, layer them up, you know. Yeah. Make, yeah. Have some fun with it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think also we get stuck in our day-to-day routines, don't we? (laughs) And if any kind of thing that lockdown has taught us is it's completely shook up everyone's day-to-day routine. Yeah, just getting dressed sometimes is a bit like... I should make an effort. Um, But but no, you're you're absolutely right. There, There is so many fun opportunities that you have within your grasp that doesn't involve you hitting the high street straight away. Mm, Yeah, hopefully there will be some reflection before people just rush back to normal Mm. that's what I hope anyway so you're the sole founder of SLA aren't you yes exactly yeah so what is your favorite part about running it oh gosh um well I like talking as you can probably (laughs) tell (laughs) so it's you know it's pretty awesome but it is the networking you know I've like I said I've been in fashion but this this whole new kind of sustainable sustainability space has just opened up so many doors and opportunities for me it's been phenomenal and again it's from people that I would I would never kind of come have come across and the impact they have had on my life has been so inspiring that I, I owe a lot to them um so there's obviously that kind of the networking in the building kind of professionally and personal side I think but also being able to support you know these small to medium businesses that are making such a positive impact to to our lives now and, and in the future um, that they deserve they deserve to be championed and I'm thrilled and delighted and excited that we are giving them an opportunity to do that definitely what we loved also from last year is also seeing how the entrants have grown kind of from strength to strength even within these last kind of few months um, you know obviously with the impact of COVID there's been you know a lot of 
delay and devastation and upset but at the same time they've continued to inspire kind of positive change and it goes back to what you were saying earlier how you know people are coming together now they're really supporting one another all within kind of the lifestyle space so that's really encouraging to watch um and we always try and say to ourselves that we've got to remain you know we don't you know it's not about we've got to it's it's easy to remain positive actually about sustainability because although it is a heavy topic um it doesn't need to be about kind of doom and gloom and i'm i'm a very positive person anyway and the slas endeavor to give kind of the sustainability movement a really prominent positive voice and you know also to to catalyze change in the way that consumers spend so it's a it we're doing two things and we want to do both of those things with a real kind of fun and energetic um atmosphere as well and kind of bring everyone on our journey with us that's definitely a perk of your job is getting to know all these different brands and trying out all their products i imagine yeah well i don't do the judging so mm. obviously the, the judges get to do that but yeah the the feedback is is just great um you know oh, i haven't discovered that oh my god this is amazing or i know someone who would love this and yeah it's just it's actually just hearing the chat amongst the judges and when they when they come across something new and they're like, oh, my goodness, we, this would be amazing in our store. Or, oh, my goodness, their packaging could do with some slight, slight tweaking. You know, we'd love to help them do that. And, mm. you know, it's 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 how enthusiastic the judges are to get behind these brands as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So this is a podcast about sustainability and well-being. So mm-hmm. this season I've been asking my guests how they find balance while running their business or, you know, in your case, the awards and how you take care of yourself as a founder. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think it's something that we all we all struggle with, I think. Um, personally, it's it's about reaching out and working with kind of like-minded and passionate people. Mm-hmm. If those people aren't around you then when you have your 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 lonely days which you're going to have and your terrifying days, you know, you need to be able to call on those people and say, "Help." <laughs> this has happened or I'm just questioning a few things and they, they you talk it through with them you know it's it's like having a, a spouse or a brother or sister or someone you know it's it's just having it in a different a different space um and it's also really important to remember that you know Rome was not built in a day mm-hmm. so I'm I'm one to kind of rush into things quite quickly and it's very good to actually just take stock and actually put put things in perspective I'm, I'm a mother of two very young children I'm I'm married and you know my family life is is the most important thing to me so it's about realizing that actually they've got to come first and what I do uh, with that has got to they've got to complement each other so I'm not going to pretend that it's easy <laughs> all the time and um, we definitely have our days when you know we're all kind of tearing our hair out but it's realizing that what is most important to you and things outside that have to complement that and, and taking it bit by bit. You know, I, I feel guilty when I'm working. I feel guilty when I'm not working, um, when I should be with my family, when I'm not with my family. But it's about finding things that work within your timetable. So personally, I'm, I'm getting up ridiculously early to maybe work. And then it means that I am freer during the day to be a mother, a husband, um, someone who's kind of in the home who can help with day-to-day stuff. And then again, in the evening, I'll I'll pick up a bit more work then. So it's about looking at what you're able to to achieve and being realistic about it. Mm, That's good advice, being realistic about it and looking Mm. at what you're able to achieve. I'm definitely someone that wants to run with all my ideas all at once. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and it sounds so fun, doesn't it? You like throw it all in together, give it a mix, see what we can come up with. <laughs> yeah, especially when you work in an industry that's quite creative as well. Yeah, it's very tempting to get carried away with all sorts of different things. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said about that, which is brilliant because, you know, some of the best ideas happen when, you know, you're you're doing something completely different and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to stop everything I'm doing, I need to write this idea down and you, you run with it. And that's that's part of the thrill of being within the creative space. But it's also kind of maybe taking a step back every now and again and being like, right, okay, things are getting a little bit kind of out of hand. How can I kind of rein it in? Definitely. Mm, I think a lot of people that have founded their own business will definitely feel like that at times. Mm, yeah definitely so what does the future hold for SLA and also what can we expect from next year's awards yeah sure so like I said about the awards so that yeah next year so we are going to be slightly streamlining them um in though it was you know our first year and it was all about kind of opening the doors to as many different categories as possible. And I think, you know, just looking back and looking over the feedback and taking on board what people have said, we're going to be a bit more streamlined in the categories that we um, are open to entrance. And also with judges as well, you know, as I said, you know, they've been incredibly generous with their time, but, you know, people are busy. Mm. So again, it's it's working with, with judges that can, you know, give their time to us um, without infringing on any any other parts of their of their professional personal life so um, we're talking to judges as we speak now so there'll be a few changes which is brilliant and then there'll be some old faces although I don't mean old by age old <laughs> please don't take offense anyone that I've maybe offended <laughs> so yeah we, we're kind of we're, we're keeping it fresh which is really great and then obviously in terms of um, entrance again it's you know any size um, any background we're going global so this um, last year it was UK, but next year we want to be kind of global entrance and really trying to make, like you say, kind of be inclusive. Um, and once, you know, once we can kind of finalise the ones that we think could give, could give them that next push up, we will support them as much as we can going forward. Cool. You're saying that you're going to streamline. I imagine that's quite tricky because obviously sustainability is a massive area you can have you know businesses in any kind of aspect from food to beauty so Mm. I imagine it's quite tricky to streamline the categories down yeah exactly I think because we are we're a young brand Mm. and I think you know it's like I I say to the you know the brands that I talk to you know start small and grow really kind of build the core of what you're about so I think that's what we want to do we really want to focus on fewer categories Mm -hmm. get the judges and our sponsors on board who can really push those those particular areas of the lifestyle industry and then going forward we can add and add and add. How would it work globally then because you do an awards ceremony in London last year you did didn't you? We did yeah we did do a smaller one yeah exactly well this is all up for discussion but it's you know a lot of things are having happening virtually now Mm. so you know it really there is nothing holding us back in terms of doing something online which is it's in itself is really very exciting. Yeah, you can have small brands from all over the world that couldn't necessarily afford to travel to a larger ceremony or something like that. Completely, yeah. And it's obviously taken into consideration people's budgets and, mm. and stuff like that. And But again, you know, going back to this making sustainability accessible and inclusive, you know, we have to look at, at the bigger picture and see how we can, you know, support the, the smaller industries in, in different parts of the world. 
Mm. So in a normal year, in a normal situation, apart from the awards, what other things do you have going on around the awards? Yeah, exactly. Because obviously the awards are just there just once a year. So outside that, we're very keen and very passionate to support kind of brands on a daily basis. So we do our on our Instagram, we do a shout out on our stories called Sustainable Brand of the Day. And that is just championing someone who is doing something beautifully and style and sustainably wise as well. And that could also be a person. So there's lots of us we mentioned lots of people who are shopping their own wardrobe and again we're just kind of highlighting that you know these are how people are doing it and this is how as a wider community we can follow in their footsteps and then we're also just about to launch which we're really excited about a series called change makers collective and these are going to be kind of mini interviews with brands, with services, um, with people within the lifestyle space, within the sustainable lifestyle space. And then just sharing with us kind of within the space of about 15 minutes or so, you know, what their vision is, you know, what their mission is, um, you know, how they're making an impact and importantly, how we can get involved as well as a community and support what they're doing. Because I think it's so important that there is a lot of information out there, mm. but actually if we can start implementing that in our lives today or even tomorrow you know that's what we need to encourage you know you you can always be bombarded with too much information sometimes so we're going to kind of give them those tangible tips and tools so they can turn around and go right okay today I'm going to do this with this item of clothing or I'm going to use this guppy bag or I'm going to listen to this episode on television about you know inclusivity or whatever it might be it's about opening our eyes to whatever else is out there Mm -hmm. yeah and I think especially with the way we consume information at the moment it's often that those bite-sized bits that that kind of go in not many of us have time to sit down and kind of scroll through an article or listen to necessarily listen to an hour-long podcast unless we know that there's going to be something in it that we're going to get out of it yeah, no, definitely. I I, th- I think it's, it obviously depends, every, every situation is, is different and everyone's obviously has their personal preferences. But yeah, I, I think the, the feedback that we've got, and I'm also kind of seeing it from my perspective as well, with, you know, being, you know, a founder and then a CEO and, you know, also with my personal life as well, I, I don't have, I don't have the time to do mm. as much research as I want to. So having these kind of these short, sharp kind of 15 minute kind of episodes of being like, right, this person's just spoken to me about, um, you know, skincare, what products or what, what ingredients are definitely a no-no and what should ingredients are, are yes, so that you can quickly look at an ingredients list and be like, right, okay, going forward, I know what I'm doing with that one. So, or, you know, as a brand, you can just give a snapshot of a brand and learn about what they're doing about their collection, whether they're pre-ordering, you know, you can pre-order it or what they're using, where they're getting it from and within their supply chain. So, it's it's much more like you said much more manageable and much more digestible Mm, yeah that's good so I'm wondering because obviously you have seen a lot of small brands now and you've worked with a lot of sustainable brands I was wondering if you have any advice for people that want to start up their own brand oh gosh yeah um or any common mistakes you think small brands make well I I do I don't know whether it's um common mistake it's maybe more of a personal one it's you know focus on what you are really passionate about um what what you are trying to do you know really kind of go back to the core of what you're about and if it's a product that you're trying to sell just go with that product to begin with make that product the most beautiful the most stylish the most sustainable product that you possibly can Mm. and then build on that reputation and then 
and then run from there. I think we, you know, it's easy to think, right, well, I better do this, this and this um, just to kind of cover ourselves and actually not do any of those areas particularly well. So really focus on what you want to do and the impact that you want to make and get that nailed first before before you spread your wings too far. Yeah, that's good advice. Almost like do one thing really well. Yeah, exactly. Use that as your foundation. Yeah. And build your reputation on that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So what do you look for in award winners or what advice do you have for brands that want to enter your awards? And it's not just brands, is it? You also have, you had a category for people last time as well, I think. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So in terms of the people category, it's it was someone either professionally or within a community that was making the most tremendous kind of impact to the, the lives of the people around them. Um, so it's someone that inspires well, someone who is inspiring, who goes out and genuinely puts a smile on people's faces, but also deeper than that, they, they create such a, a major and positive change within the lives of those people that they're working with. Um, and I, our person of the year last year, it was is Tabitha James Kahn, and she did a, um, a skincare, um, hair care range. So she was amazing about, you know, the ingredients that she used and also taking that back into people's homes and obviously transforming how people were washing their hair, you know, so it affected people on a personal level, but it also had such an impact on a, on a bigger level as well. In terms of the other categories, what we're so passionate about, and again, it's what sets us apart from the other awards out there, is that we are as much about how something looks as well as what it is doing mm. sustainably as why as well. So, you know, if something's not attractive to the eye, regardless of how sustainable it is and their amazing um, credentials in terms of supply chains and environmental impact, if it doesn't look good and no one wants to buy it, then it's not sustainable from the get-go. So we're really very passionate that it has to be 50% about style and 50% about substance. Um, And then, you know, together those two can create something that is just totally unique and what we all want to have in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, because we all want beautiful products in our lives. Mm. And, you know, that is, I mean, that's why we choose certain products on shelves, isn't it? Because of the packaging. Oh, completely. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's the food that we eat. It's it's dating, you know, we judge someone how they look yeah. straight away, don't we, before we get to know them and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, in, it's inbuilt as, as, as humans, you know, we, our eyes, our eyes rule our head and our heart to begin with. So um, it's about being... Right, reassuring people that actually something can be beautiful and it also can be beautifully um, sustainable as well mm, yeah and I think in the past that's what has put people off something that may have been labeled as say like sustainable or vegan mm. or like sustainable fashion and you think oh it's just it's just gonna be like hemp pants um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hasn't got the, yeah you definitely think you don't have the quality factor but um as as we've seen from last year's awards the quality is insane and you know you know going forward as well with these brands coming up sustainability shouldn't actually you should never question about being a sustainable brand you know it, it is almost just part of your dna from the get-go because there's really no excuse not to use you know recycled materials or look at look at your packaging or look at your bigger impact on the um, community you know these are things that you should be doing right from the minute that you want to start a business and then obviously it's working on the aesthetics that will make that that product or that service like something that everyone wants to get hold of Mm, yeah yeah completely I think modern day brands or small brands that are starting up now you've really got to think about how you're going to consider people and the planet as well as Mm -hmm. just how you're going to make a profit 
Yeah, it's that. Um, it's the. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's the the triple bottom line, isn't it? People, mm. profit. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's what we all need to be doing going forward. Yeah, and I think hope. Well, and it probably won't, but hopefully it'll get to a point where that's just a given that all all brands and companies do that. Yeah, well, I think you know, with the sustainable de- development goals, you know, they're they're coming much more to the to the forefront, and there's some wonderful courses out there that you can learn about the different goals and you know what they're doing, what they're hoping to achieve, and you know, if you want to do a bit more reading around those, you can just focus on one of those SDGs and mm-hmm. think about right, how can I be more conscious as a consumer, which is what we're very much about. We're about sustainable development goal number twelve, which is responsible consumption and production, um, but obviously there's there's goals about reducing poverty and zero waste. Um, so there's all kind of biodiversity um yeah obviously there's lots of things you can kind of tap into so if you if you're interested to learn more if you are a brand starting out maybe kind of focus your efforts to begin with on sdgs and yeah go from there and see what opportunities arise from from your research yeah so you said at the beginning that you were self-taught when it comes to sustainability and I find a lot of people in this aspect and area of business are quite Mm. often self-taught so Mm. I wonder what the most useful resources to you were I'm sure the judges and people that you got on board for the awards were a massive help as well yeah and absolutely well it all started like we said at the beginning with true cross documentary Mm. that was just something that i think should be on the national curriculum it is something that is so powerful um regardless of whether you know you you go away and change your life dramatically after that it can't help but have an impact um so that's that's where it all kind of kick-started and then um just recently actually um, fashion revolution have had an amazing course um, free online course I think is still open I think um, all about the future of fashion mm-hmm. and it talks through all the different um, areas and the supply chains and what we should be doing both as a consumer and also what people um, and what brands can be doing as well to make sure they're looking after um, planet and people um, and then a lot of it is as podcasts you know ones like yourself um, that there is there is so much information that you can you can tap into so it's it's a real mixture of of kind of listening and reading and then when the opportunity arises to be at virtual or physical events as well yeah events for me were a really big part in the beginning especially yeah especially when I was like knew I wanted to set up a business but I wasn't sure I didn't have my idea completely nailed down but a lot of people that I met in those early events I've since like worked with or collaborated with um, amazing in the past few years yeah events is is a big one and that's definitely something I'm missing at the moment um, oh I know I know well have you done any virtual ones recently I've done a few virtual ones but do you, to be honest I got to the point where I was feeling a little bit burnt out of all the zoom calls like <laughs> zoom with family <laughs> zoom with friends zoom for business it was like oh. yeah it's quite fun it's when you look at yourself you're like oh gosh do I have to look at myself this for this long <laughs> <laughs> that, and actually just just going back to you saying you know right when you went to these events and you met people i must say the people within within the sustainable lifestyle space 9.999 times out of 10 everyone is so happy mm. to help. and that is just amazing you know like i said we, we said at the beginning of this that you know it's sustainability can only be a good thing you know people are just wanting the best for each other and for the planet so surely by you know helping each other and reaching out to one another if people need a a gentle nudge or some advice then 
people are more often than not happy to give it. Yeah, that was the inspiration behind this podcast really is when I started, I was going to events and doing uh, like market stalls and I was meeting yeah. so many cool people that were really nice and had really interesting stories um, yeah. behind what they were doing. And I was like, yeah, I just wanted a podcast to share those stories. It's brilliant, absolutely. And it is, you're, you're giving people a voice, which is so important. At the end of every podcast, I ask my guests what they've seen or read recently that's left them feeling positive about the future. Because obviously we have said, you know, some issues surrounding sustainability can feel quite negative and a lot Mm. of the facts and figures can be quite negative. Um, So I always like to finish on a positive note. Yeah, no, I love that. We're all about positivity. Um, so, yeah, so just to kind of recap, we talked obviously about um, that lives matter and pay up. You know, those are things that have come out of something really very negative and very desperate. But, you know, they've created a really positive movements. And going forward, there is so much that we can do on our own individual levels, but also on bigger platforms to be much more inclusive and much more realistic about what goes on within these bigger corporations as well. Mm. So that's, I think that's a really positive thing that we should all run with and really seize it and not make them trends, you know, make them part of our day-to-day lives. And so that's kind of the social side. But I think also environmentally, um, you know, I, I don't live in London, I don't live in a major city, but from what I've been reading about, the impact of COVID and obviously everyone being in lockdown, just nature, nature reviving itself and you know that's in kind of cleaner air pollution um you know i read about kind of there's now fish back in the canals in venice because the water there is now so clean um there's bird song in cities which people don't hear about normally they hear airplanes and car horns um you know so all these amazing things it just shows that nature has an amazing ability to to regrow if you give it the opportunity and I know it isn't reality what we're living in now. We can't stay like this, but we just need to tread carefully about how quickly we want to rush back into the old days um, because it was quite clearly killing our mm. planet. And we just need to think, okay, you know, from every single level, from the government level right down to the personal level, you know, what we can be doing um, to really kind of help the regrowth of, of our own, you know, our own impact. Yeah, I've been sitting here nodding along with everything that you oh. just said. <laughs> I can't see you. I wish I could. I <laughs> but yeah, I think obviously if we can all kind of carry some part of this back into normal life, whether it's yeah. we take, we drive a bit less, we cycle a bit more or, you know, something just to kind of help maintain those positive steps that have happened. Yeah, absolutely. You know, every cloud has a silver lining. Mm. It it really is about kind of looking at the bigger picture and being like, wow, you know, this is this has been a moment in time that even my seven year old is not going to forget. And how are we going to use this time kind of going forward and, and make a change and make a really positive impact and difference? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to forget it in a hurry, are we? (laughs) That summer we all had at home. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All hanging out together in our own little bedrooms. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about Sustainable Lifestyle Awards. It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you, Sophie, for the opportunity. You're welcome. Where can people find out a bit more? And yeah, where can people find you? 
Yeah, perfect. So we are on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. We are the SL Awards and we have got our website, sustainablelifestyleawards.com. And actually, I probably should have mentioned we're about to launch something called Changemakers Collective. And that's also, uh, I, I did mention that. Yeah, you actually. did mention it. Yeah. And that's all going to be, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> plug, plug. And that's also going to, that, that will all be under the same, um, the same umbrella as well on our Instagram. So you can find it all there. Amazing. So is that going to be like an Instagram TV type thing? Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly, to begin with. And who knows where it's going to lead to. So, yeah, we're, we're just, we're taking something and we're running with it and seeing, seeing what can happen. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. And good luck with the prep for the awards next year. I Achoo. look forward to seeing how it all comes together. Absolutely. It's lovely to speak to you. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be so great if you could go ahead and leave me a review or subscribe to my podcast as I'm releasing new episodes every week with really interesting guests. You can find out more about Agnes Sundon at our website, www.agnesundon.com or by following me on Instagram or Twitter at Agnes London, A-G-N-E-S-L-D-N. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.